Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. We are continuing on our Advent. We are looking at the long night is ending. And, and if the screen keeps going off, it's because I just updated the laptop this morning and now it has problems with our ProPresenter uh, app. So if that's happening, know that it's my fault. And, but you can blame Rick if you want to. Um, but we've been looking at the long night is ending and Advent really is the introduction to a change. It is an arriving of the Messiah, which is changing everything, that that long night where God has been distant or maybe silent is coming to an end and is showing up in the person of Christ. And we've looked at truth and talked about how important it is to understand truth in a very relational way. Uh, We have talked about hope and what it is to have hope. And and this morning, I'm going to talk to you about wonder. We're going to look at technology, blindness, music, and living happily ever after. Isn't that great? You know, wonder is one of these things that it's difficult for us who are so captured by certainty, whether it's a postmodern mindset, whatever you want to call it, we really have a hard time with anything that we are not certain of. And so we want things that we can trust. And usually those are things that we are in control of. And so the idea of wonder being something that is beyond our ability to fully understand becomes difficult for us. We, we are suspicious of anything that we don't understand, but we should be suspicious of our own certainty. Okay, because God, by definition, is that beyond which we can understand. The whole idea of God is that there is something more and bigger than what we are able to even comprehend. I've heard it said that if God is small enough for you to understand, he's not big enough for you to worship. Right? And so for us to understand God, we have to recognize that there is going to be an inability in our ability to try and control that. And when we try to control it, we actually miss the opportunity. I remember years ago when American Idol first started, and they would always have those first people who would come in who really couldn't sing. Right? And it's amazing. These people would wait in line for days and they would show up and they would just belt out this song and it would be awful. 
right? And Simon would say, who told you you could sing, you know? And they'd say, well, my grandmother did. She loves me. She says, I have a voice of an angel, you know? And it's, it's like, well, you need to do something else. Now in front of all America, they've just been humiliated. And, you know, it's like you should have taken a second opinion, you know, grandma has a hearing aid that's going bad and, and she loves you and you took her opinion over anything else. And really, you know, you missed your calling because it wasn't singing. It might have been something else, but that's not what you need to invest your life in. And you want to be certain of something, but then you have this, I'm not really able to do this or understand this fully. And sometimes trying to do something limits what we really can do. In other words, if I try to understand why there are so many beautiful colors in a sunset, and it's because of smog and you know carbon and all these things, I can actually miss the beauty of the sunset. I'm just so trying to figure it out that I actually miss what is taking place. And there is a letdown when we have this hope in our understanding or even technology, right? I updated the laptop thinking it would be better and now it's crashing, right? What's going on here? And we're so funny with these things. Right, I, I get on my phone and I'm, you know, trying to look at something and it's taking three seconds to upload and I'm frustrated because it's not uploading. Instagram is taking too long and in three seconds I can't see what I want to see and so I get frustrated. And it's like, are you serious? You know, it wasn't too long ago to talk on the phone you had to be connected to the wall. And then they had a rotary. Anyone remember rotary phones? And it's like, if someone has a number with a zero in it, forget it. You know, it's just like, ah, I'll call you later, man. It takes a long time going around that phone. And now you're walking around as if it's nothing. Or, or you know, we complain if we are flying from New York to California. And it was a rough flight. We had a, a two-hour layover in Denver, and I had to stay on the tarmac for 40 minutes. And you complain. It's like, are you serious? Have you ever heard of the Donner Party? Right? A year to get out west and they didn't make it. And then they had to start eating each other because they were dying. It's like, and you're complaining about a 40-minute layover? It's like, oh my gosh. It it turns so quickly, doesn't it? (laughs) Christmas just got real dark, Sam. But we start complaining because technology, we put this hope in it and then it lets us down and it really is taking away our ability to wonder. Einstein said, logic can get you from A to B, but imagination can take you anywhere. And we have lost this sensation of wonder and all that it means. C.S. Lewis talks about Myths, truth, and reality. And I want to read to you a quote because it's very insightful as most of his stuff is. He says, What flows into you from the myth is not truth, but reality. Truth is always about something, but reality is that about which truth is. 
And therefore, every myth becomes the father of innumerable truths on the abstract level. The incarnation being at the heart of Christianity contains a myth, which is also fact. We move from Arthur or Beowulf, whose death no one knows the details of, to a man on a cross under Pontius Pilate. By becoming fact, it does not cease to be myth. That is miracle. And you see, what he's saying is that all these myths that we hear, or even say parables that Jesus would tell about, there are stories. And in these stories, even though they aren't necessarily true factually, there's a reality connected to them that connects to us. And in the birth of Christ, there is something that is mysterious, something that is beyond our ability to fully understand, something that we see in myths, but now we see that it's true and it captures us in so many ways and on so many levels. We're going to look at three passages and see how this idea of wonder or maybe even a lack of wonder affects how we live and how we believe and how we interact with this story. If you have your Bibles, open it up to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 11. Again, we are going to have it play out for you here if it goes off. Probably just leave that up there, Rick, instead of getting frustrated. Unless you're wanting to go for it, go for it. But Luke chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And there appeared to him, <coughs> this is Zechariah, <coughs> appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. Notice that he is troubled and fear came upon him, because we're going to see that play out again later. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. You know, blindness by definition is a state or condition of being unable to see or a lack of perception or awareness, a lack of awareness or even judgment. There's a physical blindness and there's other types of blindness as well. As Zechariah 
encounters the angel Gabriel. And there's only two angels that are mentioned by name, Michael and Gabriel in the scripture. And here Gabriel comes before him and we see that Zechariah in being presented with this news by an angel says, how shall I know this? Now, why would he say that? Why would there be almost a a cynicism about him? Like, how can I know this? How do I know this is true? How do I know you're going to... And then I love the response, right? The response is, you know, isn't some, okay, well, look at, let me, do I need to give you a gift receipt? You know, here's the proof that I was here. It's like, I am Gabriel. Like, how will I know these things? And he says, I I am Gabriel. I am the angel of the Lord, right? I am here to let this, I stand in the presence. What do you need? If an angel stands before you, isn't that enough? But cynicism, and Zechariah knew the story. He knew the legend. He knew what was supposed to happen. But the fact that it could be happening, he was not able to get his mind around it. It was not holding on to it. And this cynicism took control. He says, how do I know this is going to happen? And Gabriel's like, "Uh, I'm Gabriel. I stand before God. What else do you need? And I wonder sometimes... How many times is that us where we doubt God because of circumstances? And what happens is our minds lose the ability to see outside of the trouble that we're in. We're unable to see how great God is and the story that he's telling, the legend that is his, that is given to us. And we wonder, how can this, how can I know this is true? How do I know you're for me? Don't you know I'm sick? Don't you know my child is sick? Don't you know the suffering that is going on? How do I know that you really have my back and my best interest in mind? And really is a lack of wonder that blinds us to what might be happening in our midst if we were not so cynical. Second account is later on in Luke's gospel in chapter 1 again in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, makes a second appearance, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled or afraid. Ready? We saw that. Saying, at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary, too, is familiar with the legend of the Messiah that was going to be born. And it's interesting because there seems to be the same response, right? There seems to be fear with Zechariah and with Mary, but there's a difference. You see, Zechariah was then kind of made or was disciplined for his lack of belief, and we don't see that with Mary. But what happens is Mary's question is not how can I be certain but it's actually one of wonder, like, oh my gosh, how can this be? This is amazing. I'm a virgin, and this is going to be happening. And if anyone had more skin in the game, so to speak, it's Mary, right? Zachariah, oh, your wife is going to have a kid. Like, how can that be? Mary, you're going to have a kid by the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's amazing. If anyone had the reason to question and doubt, it would be Mary. It'd be say, uh, what? But she's filled with wonder. And when she says, how can this be for I'm a virgin? It is a different response than I'm, how can I be certain of this? And so many times our perception is what limits our ability to see. Our uncertainty stops us from living in wonder of what God is actually doing. And here it results in Mary actually bringing out praise to God and going into a song. Music is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because it's born from within us. I know I've heard some people say music is the most clear proof of God. Where does it come from? Why does man have the ability to create things that move us unless it is coming from somewhere else? And we are so moved by music, different types of music. I know at Connect last night, uh, Dr. Quinlan played some country hoedown. I wasn't quite moved by that one, but there'll be other times where I will hear a song on a radio and it will just take hold of me. The emotion of the song, and you think, where did that come from? Why am I sharing in this emotion with someone I don't know? It might even be an experience that isn't mine, but one that now I can more seemingly relate to because of a song that was born within someone. See, Mary brings out a song that now connects humanity. Mary is known as a theotokos. It means God-bearer. And we share that as the church with her, that we now bear God's presence to the world. Jesus is known as Emmanuel, God with us. And by his spirit, God is now in us. And so we get to share 
in this song. We get to share in this wonder. We get to share in this being a God bearer. Not in the same sense as Mary, but we are able to connect to the reality, the wonder of it. Or do we? How do you feel when you have the ability to share your faith? Do you feel like this is awkward? I don't really know how to. I don't really want them to think little of me. I'm not certain of these things. You see, people who have wonder don't have that problem. Wonder overrides all those things. Wonder is a song being sung. Wonder is filling out these things, and it's miraculous. It's wondrous. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do people know that? Are you in awe of that? Does it overflow in your life? Or is wonder missing? We want assurance that if God comes into my life, nothing bad's going to happen. But if you don't know by now, that's not how it works. That's not how it goes. We're in a bigger story. A story that affects not only us, but everyone. And even through trouble, and though trouble comes, there is something greater, greater than death itself. Something greater than our sin. Something greater than our brokenness. Something that brings healing to our souls that brings purpose to our lives that brings grace into our understanding and it's wondrous and it's overwhelming there's a third response with the disciples and this happens after the birth of Christ and after his time in ministering and speaking to them and teaching them, telling them how God is and who he is, they, they see the crucifixion. And here their faith in God is put to the ultimate test because they were trusting that God was bringing this man to be the, the savior of Israel to deliver this nation from the oppression, to, to be that promise. The legend was that the Messiah would come and would bring deliverance, and here he is, and now he's being crucified. And so in their minds, this is a very, very dark moment. And then comes the resurrection in Luke 24, verses 36 to, 30, to 44. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Frightened is a common response when God shows up, right? We see it with Zechariah. We see it with Mary. We see it here with the disciples. They were frightened, startled. They thought it was a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bone, as you see I have. And when, they had, and when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. I love this verse. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling. 
I don't believe this, but joy has overridden my disbelief and I am marveling. I don't get how God can love me the way he does and forgive my sin, but I am overjoyed and marveling. I don't know how God can take the circumstances that have broken me down and have hurt me to the depths of my soul and has brought life in the midst of that. I don't know how that works, but I'm marveling. I'm overjoyed. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? In verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish. That's how you know you're real. You eat broiled fish. And he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The legend, the myth has become reality. And it's too much for them to believe and understand, but they are overjoyed. C.S. Lewis said that all bad things will become untrue. I love that. All bad things will become untrue. In other words, the only thing that is going to last and is going to show itself as true is going to be what God does. And it's going to be what God does in you and what God does in me. And all the bad things, all those things like a crucifixion, that seems to be the end, that's not true. It's actually the beginning. When they suppose the worst, the greatest thing happened. They are surprised by joy because of the wonder of what is taking place. When we talk about living happily ever after, Our minds usually go to the fairy tales, the Cinderella's, the Disney cartoons. But you see, happily ever after is really living in truth and the wonder of the truth. You know, one thing, it's one thing to talk about death And what it is to, you know, see someone who, like Christ, was dying, killed, or maybe people you know who have been sick or dying. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to have to walk through it in faith. And I know I've had to walk through it with others a few times, and and it is one of the most holy moments I can imagine is being with a family when the person they love passes away. It's sacred space. I don't know how to to put it. I, I, I feel like I am privileged to be in this place with some of the people who have passed. There's nothing I can say. I'm not trying to make the situation better. You can't make this better. I I am just an observer of what's taking place. But what I see is faith that rises up where it should not exist at all. I, I see where there's something very tangible 
that's wondrous to behold when there should not be anything like that there. It, it should be a time of depression. And no doubt there is mourning. No doubt there is sorrow. But there's something else there. There's something wondrous that takes place that goes far beyond that. You know, you, you can study comedy, but it's not the same thing as laughing. It, it, it doesn't capture what's happening. You, you can study God, but never wonder, never experience, never walk with. The Christmas story is an invitation to receive that the myth of God bringing comfort and joy through a babe in a manger is now become, becoming a reality that we can walk and share in. And it's wondrous. And my prayer for us this Christmas season is that this story would capture our heart, would take our imaginations beyond where our understanding can go. And it would set us free from this skepticism that we as Christians have and having to try and understand and figure it all out and instead be able to enjoy it, be able to laugh, be able to cry, be able to wonder. Let's pray. Father, this season is so much bigger than we understand. This story is so mysterious. It is so wondrous. And I pray that we would get the smallest glimpse of just how wonderful you really are. That even though it might be faint whispers, It is echoing loudly within our souls. And I pray that we would take this story from the pages of Scripture and allow them to bring life to our souls, allow them to overwhelm us again. That you, God, or beyond our ability to understand would do something so humble beyond our ability to comprehend so that we could experience life with you. That's magical. That's wondrous. May we see it for what it really is and live changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.
May your circumstances not blind you to the wonder of what God is doing in your midst. May you be a child at heart that is able to see what you do not understand, is able to enjoy a life that is not yet yours. May you live in wonder. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. And Lord, we do pray for this food that we're going to eat, nourish our body, but more than that, nourish our time together. May it be rich with your presence and with gratitude. Let's enjoy some Christmas cheer. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.